0: Welcome everybody to another episode of the damn podcast with your host Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado Angie and I got to check out the damn is it-, it was a damn city showcase was that what it was called Angie? Damn
1: city- yeah, damn city showcase over at mountainside in
0: Beaverton. Mm-hmm. We got to check that out. It was uh I won't say the weather was in our favor. I actually it was cold It was cold it was and cold. raining and I told Angie I wanted to go in the press box <laughs>
1: But we, it was cool because they had like these like small little individual press box, So Blitz had her own little press box. It was
0: sweet. Yeah, it was kind of nice. It uh, it made it way better because I'm not gonna lie, Angie. I don't know how much longer I could have stayed there if uh, it was gonna rain like that and I had to stand outside. I was not I, I was not a fan of that at all. No, it wasn't good. So I mean,
1: Marcus. I mean, it was a they did more scrimmaging than I thought they would do. Mm-hmm. You know what? What was that the first time you've seen them this spring?
0: Yeah, uh, actually, that was the second. Second time. Okay. Yeah, but they, any, any
1: Any hot takes?
0: I don't think there's any hot takes. Uh, you know, I, I think I said this last spring, so I don't want to get anybody, like, way too hyped, overhyped, anything like that. Uh, I just wrote an article for you, Angie, and Beaver Blitz. I think that will be in the Lodge.
1: Um, it will be up as soon as we're done taping this podcast, so yeah. this afternoon.
0: Yeah, so I basically broke down what I my thoughts on basically the practice or the showcase as they called it I gave like the good I gave the bad um, on offense and defense you know if there was one thing I think I could take away from that is the defense of the defense in general um it does look like there was a little progress like coach Smith said um they're not a finished product by any means but he just wants to continue to develop his players and you know Angie for me I think what I saw was just, One, Jordan Whitley, thank goodness that we got him, right? Because I think he's another piece that we needed. I thought he did a great job of really being kind of the spearhead in the defensive line. At least he was on Saturday. Because we've always seen this. We've seen the defensive line. We think we get new players, and they're like, you know, as soon as we get the new players, they're going to come in and basically change the whole defense or offense, whatever that is. But... Um, he didn't, you know, he doesn't come in and absolutely change it entirely. Like, there are still times where you're like, okay, defensive line is not playing as good as you would think. But he did have, he, I think he had a really good scrimmage. He brought a lot of pressure. He forced a, a, the offensive line to double-team him a lot, which is big. That's like the first time I've seen that in a while. And then I think he's mobile. I think being, what is he, like 300 pounds or something like that, something close to that, yeah. he could run yeah. side to side, you know, he can run at an angle. He could stop and go. I like that. I like that a lot on the defensive line because you're not get. what are you going to, what's the point of having a guy, you know, who's like 375 sitting in the middle? I mean, this is an SEC, right? People are just going to run right around him. And I think that was the problem with our defensive line, or one of the problems that we've had is just not being able to be mobile and basically not being able to get a tackle or move side to side. So it was good to see him perform well. I thought Elu actually performed well as, uh, to go along with that. So I, Good progress on the defensive line, like I said, it's not to a point where you're like, okay, this is a whole different unit. But you could, you know, you're starting to see at least that they're becoming more athletic, and at least I think that they are going to show progress in the games.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I think Whitley is a huge piece of that puzzle, and I also like the progress we've seen from Jeremy Reichner at mm-hmm. defensive end. You know, we didn't see a lot of him last year because he was dealing with that foot injury, but he's looked really good. Really, just. We've seen it the past two days of practice. So the last Thursday and Saturday, I, I think we saw a little more pressure. We saw um, Anjay Hughes Murray mm-hmm. um putting some pressure on. We saw we saw Jeremy Reichner putting pressure. Um, now, being the, you know, if you're a beaver of any length of time, then I think you you immediately go to, well, are they actually getting pressure or is the offensive line just weak? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of that's the logical progression, um especially looking at the o line. I mean, you look, they're replacing right now the whole right side. So, you know, how does that look right now? They have Blake Brandell and Gus Lavaca on the left side. And then, you know, you have Clay Cardasco, Brandon Kipper on the right side with Naus now. I believe is how you say it. um at center. Um, you know, is that going to be the final final product? I don't know, but um, you know, there were just a lot of guys out as well. So I know I, I saw some blitzers there. Um, my biggest, I think disappointment for blitzers is the fact that I thought Tristan Jebbia had a really poor day. Mm -hmm. Um, I I ran into a couple that said, really this guy is the one that was hyped up. Um, And I think it was just a struggle. It was cold. It was rainy. um, And then you have some of the best receivers sitting out. I mean, Jermar Jefferson didn't participate. Isaiah Hodgins didn't participate. Trevon Bradford's out for the rest of spring. Um, So you had some of your top guys out, not participating. So for the offense, um, I guess if I had one bright spot, it would be B.J. Baylor. Yeah. That guy's had a big, big spring.
0: He did, and I thought he played really well in the scrimmage. Granted, um, he did fumble, so that's big. He, In the past, he's had a fumble problem, uh, or people said he had a fumble problem. Um, but I think he's gotten a lot better, Angie. He looks... He's explosive, and I mean, I think he had what was that like a sixty-yard? Was it a sixty-yard run or like a
1: sixty-five-yard TD run?
0: Yeah, so that was you know it was impressive. He he broke some tackles and he really attacked the edge. And then when he you know when he basically stretched as far as he could, he just planted his foot. I think he broke one tackle or stiff armed one guy, and then you know he he just outran everybody. It was a foot race and he won it. So that's a good sign, right? That's what would people say. Your third string running back, maybe your fourth string. I don't really know because him and it was is, is Taron, right? I don't want to... Or Teron Madison. Teron Madison, yep. Teron Madison yep. yeah. So, you know, it sounds like it's between those two, right? They're probably fighting for a third-string spot. But, you know, it's refreshing to see that at least your third-string back can make that progress. And it's not like B.J. Baylor is a bad running back. It's the fact that we have two great running backs ahead of him. So Yeah,
1: exactly. You so, know, with an AP, yeah. from Rex, but they didn't run him as much as they... I mean, they know what he can do. Mm-hmm. I, I will say on that B.J. Baylor 65-yard run... um, We saw Mason Moran, if you guys have been following along with the Beavers, I mean, Mason Moran was recruited to Oregon State as a quarterback. They moved him to safety. They moved him to wide receiver. He's back at safety, which he played in high school and had offers. Colorado offered him to play safety, and all his other offers were safety. Um, He actually came pretty close running across the opposite side of the field to running down B.J.
0: Yeah. So Didn't f- that's the first question. But
1: he, he came from behind. So, you know, and we've seen Mason running with the ones and twos at safety. So um, that might be someone to watch if you're, um, you know, maybe if you're looking for something out of left field. That might be something to watch at the spring game mm-hmm. on a Saturday.
0: Absolutely. And Angie, I, I wanted to hit on another point defensively is, um, you know, what I. Something I've noticed that Coach Tibizar has done a great job of is I think he understands that his defensive line obviously isn't the strong point right now. Maybe in the future they will be, but I like the kind of different pressures that he brings. I like the fact that Key is at safety now, or they'll put him at nickel, and then what he can do is either come down into the box and rush off the edge, or he could sit back and he's athletic enough. I mean, he play, he used to play receiver as well, so I think he, gets, he has a good feeling of just being a great football player, and wherever you put him, he's going to fit. So I saw a couple times where he was rushing off the edge and, you know, he really forced the QBs to get the ball out quick just because how much pressure he was bringing. He didn't get the tackle, but that's what the defense needs is just constant pressure because if you, it, you know, as we know, we can't give QBs, you know, four or five seconds in the pocket like we've seen in the past because then they just pick you apart, right? And so exactly finding ways to get to the quarterback or at least making the quarterback uncomfortable is what the Beavers need to do. And they showed a little bit on Saturday. Granted, like we said, we don't know if it's either the offensive line play or the defense actually getting better, but regardless, I think it's good progress to see. And it's kind of refreshing to finally see that.
1: Yeah, completely. And and we saw lots of uh, personnel changes. And um, one area I thought linebacker looked way stronger than we saw last year.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well at that, I think, uh, it was it was no, it was Hamika. Hamika like, looks really yeah. He's just Angie. He's like next level. And Shemaya was talking with me about this as well, you know, and because we both played with uh, Hamika, and he 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 just looks more comfortable now. He went from being yeah. kind of a guy that you know that he had just raw talent, but he just didn't look comfortable playing. And I think he finally looks comfortable playing it. And we were saying maybe it was the last coaching staff they did that to a lot of people, like I've mentioned before, just. They kind of took you out of your groove of, okay, I've played football for how many years. I can play. I know how to play, and I'm obviously good enough to be here. But it was just the constant pressure of, okay, I don't want to mess up because they're going to yell at me, or I don't want to mess up because if I mess up on one play that I'm not going to be able to play, you know, they won't put me in again, or something like that. But it's not like that you could see that he's comfortable. I mean, he got a ton of pressure on the quarterbacks. He was making tackles. Knocking balls down. I mean, the kid is electric, and I love the fact that he has fun playing. And you could tell by just the way he carries himself. He's always jogging. He's always smiling. He's always running, jumping up and down. Right, him and Key are always dancing. It's refreshing to see that because after so many frustrating years, I think that a lot of players could get down and kind of think that football has turned into more of a, you know, more of like a, a hassle than being something that you love to do. And so finally seeing someone like Hamaka coming out. And making those big plays while having fun, that's a huge sign. And Angie, I really think that come season, I mean, he, he's easily going to be an All-Pac-12 guy because just his size, his speed, his understanding of the game now, and his ability just to make plays, and that's big to me. And I think he finally has put it all together, so I'm expecting him to have a big year this year.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I you you hit on a really good point because I think that's what we're seeing with several players, and and I'm not ready to say these guys are gonna you know win ten games because it's not gonna happen. But what we're seeing is confidence, and we mm-hmm. haven't seen that from players for a long time. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing with Jake Luton, and I and I know before he got his sixth year, everybody was really high on Jebbia and that he was going to be the, the QB of the future. But what Jake has brought now, what I have seen over the past you know couple weeks of spring is the fact that he has a confidence about him in the system and and he told us after the scrimmage just that he has never felt so comfortable in a system Mm -hmm. before so um that comfort level whether it be a linebacker whether it be the quarterback you can't you know you can't over or you can't um overstate that because it's so important just for the team dynamic for them to make plays you know everything
0: yeah and uh so we were talking positives but I need to go to a little bit of things I, I want to see the defense and offense work on. Yeah, no, because it's, not, it's yeah. not. We
1: don't want to try to say everything's, you know, sunshine and, and unicorn.
0: Yeah, because it's certainly not. Defensively, I still think that we just lack the ability to make, like, game-changing plays. There's a couple times where uh, it was either Jake, Luton, or Tristan Jebia. They threw a deep ball downfield. Uh, maybe someone tips it. Maybe the defensive guy is right there to make the play, and they just miss it. And then instead yeah. of it being, you know, uh, a sack or incompletion, it turns into first downs, touchdowns, and it might not see right. You you think you're like, okay, well, it's practice, but that that 100% translated over to the games. There's plenty of times where, you know, it's third and 15, right, and then Washington State will throw a post route, guy safety sitting in the middle of the field misses the tackle or goes for the interception misses it and then the guy catches it and either gets a first down or a big touchdown right that that's the thing not that only that there
1: was there were the ones that you know linebackers and, and safeties would go up i mean have the ball basically in their hands and mm-hmm. drop it yeah at some level you have to come down with one of those exactly. every, every once in
0: a while yeah and i you know i look at it from a different point of view than a lot of people i am i'm telling you i'm super hard on players because you know, if, if the players take it to heart, then they take it to heart. I really don't care at this point. But I'm just saying, if you, like, those are the kind of plays that you have to make. You have to make those plays if you want to be a better defense. Because, you know, granted, there's a big, obviously, as we know, a big difference between an Alabama and an Oregon State. But if you look at what every defense does that's ranked ahead of Oregon State, it's, they're ranked ahead of them because probably turnovers, they probably force those, and they make big plays. If we can't make big plays on defense, and Angie, we said it even in the season when we're doing this podcast, is sometimes we just need the defense to play bad, right? <laughs> you play bad and you maybe either one, win another game or keep it a lot closer. And that's that's been the problem is they just haven't been able to find that, okay, here's a big play. It's you know They haven't seized the moment. And I think that until they can do that, and that just comes with – you know, just basically mentally training yourself to be ready for a big play like that, right? I think Anjay he should have had the interception, and I think he did have the interception, right? It looked like he caught it, but the ref at the scrimmage said that the he ref- didn't, right? And so... yeah. That, that I would say that's a different story, but there's plenty of times where there's DBs and it was a jump ball. And they like you said, Angie, they had it in their hands, and then somehow the, the receiver just rips it out of their hands. And then I think it was Anthony Gould just ran like a a 30-yard touchdown yeah. after ripping it out of someone's hands, right? And so that's yeah. that's the problem. Until they can do that, then we might just keep seeing these, okay, it's 3rd and 15, someone come up with a big play. And the big well, and we saw
1: we saw whip tackles again. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't as often, but you know, we saw linebackers come crushing down and guys just, you know, get away from them. So yeah.
0: um
1: like I said, it, there are things that definitely need work, but I mean Marcus, you think that the defense did you see improvement?
0: I did. 100% being honest with you guys, I'm not going to sugarcoat it like, you know, some people say we do. It it wasn't I mean, the defense still isn't great. Offense is good, they're still not great, but we did see progress defensively. The defensive line was getting pressure, they're mobile, and they they just look comfortable and they look athletic, which is something we haven't seen. I think the linebackers, they did miss tackle, so there's the negative, but even then, I mean, the pressure that they are starting to bring and and they look comfortable sitting in and going back and sitting in coverage, whatever that is, they look more comfortable doing that, and then DBs. But, you know, we just got done roasting them, but they still, there are still some times where J-Mo, Omar, they made good plays, right? They still mm-hmm. made those big plays, but it's just the fact that I hold them to such a high standard that I want to see more of those plays because, you know, if you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk, right? Everyone always says that, and every guy has a chip on the shoulder, but when it comes down to making those plays, we have to make them more often. And then offensively, I just want to see the offensive line play better. That's it. Yeah, you know, I and just, that's that's
1: me. Mm-hmm. I, the offensive line is still a huge question mark in my
0: opinion. Yeah, and so uh, I don't know really what the offensive line has to do um, in order to get better. Because, like we said, we don't know if it's the defensive line actually making progress or if our offensive line is just you know they're not ready, they're not experienced. Because, like you said, Angie, replacing a whole side of an offensive line that's that's a big deal and. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like you just fit people in there and all of a sudden your offensive line is going to be better. They need to build chemistry. They have to build trust. They have to build all of that. And so they have, they're have they going to have to find a way to do that because, I mean, they, by no means, Angie, do they have an easy schedule again this year. I mean, your first game no. is against Oklahoma State. So you better find a way to put all the pieces together, at least to put some points up on the board.
1: Yeah, you know, and that we actually got a, ch- a chance last week to talk with Coach Mihalichek. After practice, and um it was interesting, you know, because he's not ruled out even moving some guys around. He's been really excited about a couple young guys. Um, Joshua Gray is a gray shirt, that gray shirt at this past year. But, you know, like as as Coach Molicek said, he came in. he's technically a true freshman. This is his first spring. He just joined the team in the in in January. Yet he's playing like a more of a a seasoned seasoned mm-hmm. veteran. So, um, he's been running with the twos. Jake Levengood is another young guy um, who has impressed at least Coach Mihalichek in, in that regard. And, you know, we we talked to him a little bit. You know, Brandon Kipper has really shown some, some flashes, but it's it's back to now some little things. And, um, you know, it's it's what Coach Mihalichek, how he explained it is he said, for a lot of these guys, a lot of the things we need to work on are little things, but it's just like retraining yourself. So, um, you know, he said it's not – It's not easy. It's like eating with your left hand when you're right-handed. So, um, he did not, you know, throw out the idea of maybe moving a a Blake Brandell to the right side, um, you know, mixing it up. And he said, at the end of the day, he wants the best five guys on the field. And he said, they're still tinkering a lot, but I, I think there is that need and want and desire to kind of set set on your five guys because you really want those guys to gel.
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean that's, it, that's looking forward. Yeah, if you can get your offensive line to gel, I mean, it's almost less talent and more of just the fact that if they if they trust each other and understand what they need to do, then I think you'll be pretty solid and I think the the offensive line in general will be solid. But Angie, I want to know um cuz for everyone listening this will probably be a shorter podcast cuz you know, we wanted just to preview um the spring game, wanted to kind of recap the damn city showcase. We're going to flip it over to the spring game, Angie what is a position group um so it sounds like you're going to say offensive line but we could either go position group we can go player um who is somebody that you think needs to step up and if they at least show you that they've made some serious progress or group to show you made a group that showed you that they made serious progress that you'll feel comfortable with
1: well yeah i mean obviously offensive line is going to be an area that i watch really closely on saturday um mm-hmm defensive line is always going to be one as well, but I really want to see more from the linebackers. Um, We're seeing them get better, and there's some young guys. I mean, I think John McCartan has really looked solid this year. My goodness,
0: Angie, not to cut you off, but that kid is big. I didn't even know he was that big. He ran right by me. I was like, yo. I was like, man, I can't. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. That
1: was how I reacted, like, first day of of spring camp. I am like, whoa, 17? Who's seventeen? And, uh, so he's like, that's McCartan. I mean, yeah, he's gotten big. I mean, Matthew Tago, uh, Isaiah Tufaga. So there's those three true freshmen that played last year that really do look more comfortable. But I, like you said, Hamilka, um, Shamar Smith, you know, this is his senior year, you know, let's, let's see some, uh, some growth there, um, which he has, mm-hmm. but the, Yeah. the bummer I think for Beaver fans is that we're not seeing a lot from those new transfers. So, you know, Avery Roberts has sat out, um, uh John Lindsay has been has been limited some so we had and then Addison Gums is still recovering from that ACL So three of the, those big transfers haven't really seen the field yet. So um, There's still some pieces like I said, Isaiah Hodgins has been sitting out. They they say it's all just precautionary um, You know, no need to bang those guys up But you know when you when you don't have Isaiah Hodgins and Trevon Bradford and Jamar Jefferson in the offense It's not going to look like
0: the offense Mm-hmm yeah, you're gonna so, um, you're gonna get frustrated, or the fans will be frustrated. You know.
1: Yeah, the fans are gonna be kind of. I think I, I you know I saw Beaver fans after after the Damn City Showcase, and they were kind of like, "Whoa," you mm-hmm. know, that wasn't. I've I've heard from several that were kind of like, "Huh, that was kind of underwhelming," and, um, but I think when you look at kind of everything as a whole, there's still a lot of work to be done. A and B, so many of those key pieces didn't participate. Really hard to kind of, and I and I think that's by design. To be very honest, I I think this coaching staff wants to kind of keep things under wraps somewhat. Mm-hmm. They don't want it. I mean, just like practice, you know, we're able to see as media the Monday Thursday or Tuesday Thursday practices, but they really don't do a lot. It's mostly just drills, and then they save their real eleven on eleven scrimmaging for Saturdays when it's all closed to everyone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and design. Yeah, it's just design. But Angie, I would say the biggest group for me. I just want to see defensive backs because I think the right. defensive backs are loaded, right? You have a lot of talent back there. I know there's been injuries, but I just want to see because think about it. Say I don't I and I couldn't come up with the number off my, off the top of my head. How many interceptions they got or how many, you know, passes they broke up last season, but just think, if whatever that number is, you get five more or ten more, right? I think a lot of the games and a lot of the results, we might see them, you know, be different. Say against the Washington State, the defense gets, I don't know, three more uh, broken up passes, turnover. right? Yeah, or, yeah, or just even one more turnover, and those are the kind of momentum plays that you know, as a football player, when you're when you're playing in the game, if someone gets that big play, you'll think to yourself, oh man, like here we go. Like, oh, shit, okay, like something's coming, you know, say whoever you're playing, right? If someone turns the ball over, the team that just turned the ball over, you're like, oh, no, here we go. And you feel that momentum, but that's what Oregon State needs to ride, and I don't think they do that enough. And I think it starts sometimes with the defensive backs because there's so much hype. There's so much energy in that group that if they don't bring that energy, you could tell. And you could tell that the defense exactly. is lacking. But if they bring that energy, you see J-Mo just come downhill and smash somebody, and everyone gets up and they're all hyped. That's a good Even feeling. Even
1: passes deflected. Mm-hmm. I mean, any of that. But, yeah, you're, I mean, you point to a huge thing, and we haven't seen it for years. And I don't – I mean, swagger, whatever it is, I want to see those DBs mm-hmm. have – you know, get up, dance around a little bit, have yeah. some fun with it, and really pump each other up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Just – Find a way to make plays. That that's you know that's the biggest thing for me is the the more plays you can make, the better, right? And it sounds pretty simple, but it's really not. <laughs> I promise because everybody. And the
1: offense feeds off of it, yeah. right? Because if the defense is able to go out and make some plays, to get some stops, then the offense is like, okay, let's go have some fun. Let's mm-hmm. go. This is you know a free drive. Let's yeah. go make this happen. So um, it does. It, it's a kind of like a, a snowball rolling downhill.
0: It really is, and so. It's something to keep in mind, you know, whatever you guys, we actually, I would love to know. So anyone who's still listening to the very end, this is going to be a shorter pod, like we said. But if you're still listening, just tweet at Angie or I and let us know, basically, what position group you want to see improve. As we know, it's probably going to be defensive line, as most people would say. But just give us either a position group, a player and basically why you want to see them play differently than we've seen in the past. And so I think that'd be really cool to get everybody engaged into that because I love to hear what you guys have to say. Like I always say, there's some times where people will come at me and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. That's okay because it is what it is. But, Angie, you'll be at the game on Saturday.
1: I will. It'll be It'll be fun. Hopefully the weather holds out and it's a little
0: nicer than it was
1: uh, Saturday, but I will be there. It'll do we have
0: there, a, right? yes, I will certainly be there. Do we have a, do we know what the forecast is? I hope it's not raining. It's probably going to rain, I, huh? I saw clouds
1: in like 60 is what it, my iPhone said today, this mm. morning.
0: You know, I've been, we were saying this at uh, the practice. I've been pretty lucky because I was telling you that I've never had a spring game that was rainy. Not once. Yeah, I don't know where. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> you said I don't know where.
1: <laughs> I don't know where you've been living.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, actually, my very first year with Coach Riley, it rained. But that was like a glorified practice. It wasn't even a spring game. But yeah, yeah. besides that, yeah, I've, all my spring games have been sunny. They've been like hot, nice. like well, really hot.
1: Bring some sunshine down to Corvallis.
0: Absolutely, um, I will. New
1: uniforms. So we'll be down... I know, uh, Carter and myself will be down there early to try to get, um, the latest on those new uniforms that they're releasing, um, or the refresh, the refresh on the uniforms that they're not like complete overhaul, but, um, so we'll have something coming from, you know, in the morning and then the game and, uh, all the coverage. I don't know if you've been on blitz, but we were able to get a ton of great photos. So we have some action shots from Steve Yeager, who he was on hand to take some shots. And then I, um, I always try to get the guys as they're coming out of the locker room or, um, before autograph sessions, so um, some good, more portrait type, not portraits, not fancy like that, but you know, <laughs> just headshots. Yeah. Um, so check out Beaver Blitz. I made them available to everyone so that all fans could enjoy them and not just members. And uh, we got some good ones. I, I was pretty pretty happy with some of those photos.
0: Absolutely. I didn't get any pictures. Nobody took any pictures of me. And so that's I don't even. We know did. We got a Blitz be... Squad pic. Oh, that's true. I forgot. You're right. Did. I was gonna say. I've... And
1: then um, we also have Shamaya's take. Shamaya Whitson and.
0: I'll be posting Marcus's take here uh, shortly as soon as the pod's over. Perfect. Everybody, thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of The Damn Podcast with your hosts Marcus Greaves and Angie Machado. We'll be back next week.